Hello, 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 and welcome back to another exciting episode of our podcast where I got my good friend returning, returning to the daylight, uh, Tony G. Tony, how you doing? <laughs> I'm really good, Amar. It's, uh, it's good to be back, and it's not uh, the long outage wasn't necessarily all me, but uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. You're right. It definitely wasn't all you. There's a lot of things going on in the world, you know, with the pandemic, all these other things. So <laughs> I definitely don't blame you for everything. Uh, but uh, like I said, it is good to be back. And we were back at the Black Hat Security Conference in Las Vegas uh, just a couple of days ago, man. And it was really, literally, really good to be back. Um, what do you what do you think of uh, what do you think of uh, the security conference, man? After like, when was the last time you went, Tony? Twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen? I I can't remember if you went twenty nineteen or not. Uh, but uh, overall, like, uh, what do you think about uh, uh, being back conference? And you know, I wouldn't say it was pure, but to me, it seemed like uh, it was almost there. It almost felt like uh, you know pre twenty twenty levels. Yeah, you know, I didn't um, I didn't go last year. But uh, from all of my, you know, from my colleagues that, you know, did attend, they said it was so, so dismal, almost nobody was there. And, and then they kind of, they, they look at that to what, you know, happened this past time. It was like night and day. So, I mean, from my perspective, I almost felt like it was normal. I mean, it was just kind of great to be back. I think, I don't know if it was 2018 or 2019. I don't even remember. Uh, but it was really good to be back. I mean, um, it was like uh, the same hotels kind of hanging out with you and the rest of uh the rest of the crew there it was just really nice to be there sort of socializing with people and you know i think at first i might have been a little bit sort of cautious with you know everyone being around but i think over time eh, it just felt like normal and i think um i kind of felt the same way from everybody else i didn't feel like you know people were doing all the you know social distancing whatever i mean there were some folks wearing masks and what have you i think which is fine it's all good, uh, but it was probably the closest that I've uh, kind of come to some normalcy uh, uh, in a long time, man. So it really felt good. Man, that's uh, that's good. Yeah, I, I would say my my experience was similar. I mean, I I went in, um, you know, I went in 2019. I did not go in uh, 2020, obviously, or 2021. Um, so I felt like uh, I felt like it wasn't quite the crowds that I had in 2019. And this could be my, my mind also playing tricks. I thought it was a much bigger crowd. I thought it was uh, more vendors in the vendor area. I thought the vendor area was larger in 2019. But overall, I would say to me, it seemed like it was at least at least 75 to like 85 percent of uh what i remember it being so so that was uh that was fun i didn't notice like um some of the some of the parties were like either smaller or not as advertised as much kind of like the customer events uh but for the most part everything seemed fine but it was good seeing all all, all my friends it was good like hanging out with people like you and seeing everyone face to face um in fact i found out when i came back there was probably more people there that i hadn't seen in a while and i didn't get to connect to them and i was like oh man i can't believe i missed this person and they were out there so so i think we're we're almost there if not uh, all the way there uh to where we were and um and of course like one of the reasons i love black hat is just kind of 
seeing what's out there, seeing what the vendors are doing, uh, you know, just like RSA, but also uh, seeing where research is going. So uh, did you, uh, you, you know, you know, I know you probably got pulled into like a dozen meetings and, you, you know, it's it's a it's a very business heavy trip for you. But anything that you saw or stuck out for you at or uh, at Black Hat? Yeah, um, I, I will. I will say just kind of uh, you know, adding on to what you know you were saying. Um, you know, for me, it did feel like it was back to normal again, like I mentioned. But yeah, you. I think you're right. Um, it felt back to normal for me as far as the you know, as far as the crowds were, because I mean, going up and down that elevator it was just. I mean, not the elevator, but the escalator. It just seemed packed. But you're right about the vendor. You know, the vendors. Um, I did feel like that was a little bit less than what it used to be. Um, yeah, so maybe that was a bit on the you know smaller side. And kind of with that. I really didn't get an opportunity to go around and see all the different vendors and, uh, you know, hear their kind of pitch. And I really always, I mean, I always love doing that. You know, we always kind of make our rounds, you know, together. Right. And, uh, that's the one thing we, you know, weren't able to do shoots. So I was kind of tied up. I think I did, was it three, you know, three presentations there over the, you know, two days and, you know, kind of meeting with customers and it's like one of the, Hey, Hey, you know, can you meet with this customer? Hey, can you meet with that customer? So, so I didn't get an you know, opportunity, but, uh, you know, and maybe this is just because, I mean, I kind of focus on this a lot lately for uh, like what I do on a daily basis, but XDR, that whole sort of uh, new thing, I'm mean, not kind of new, but uh, that kind of concept, you know, EDR, XDR, it just seemed to be very, you know, prevalent out there, you know. Maybe it's because around, you know, the booth where I was, you know, quite often they were all sort of, you know, surrounding me. Maybe if I went out there a little further, you know, I wouldn't have seen it. But yeah, the whole, you know, I think it, I think it makes sense because you talk about the, the whole kind of XDR, right? I mean, the extended detection and response. That's, it's kind of that, uh, you know, it's, it's really the underlying um, sort of functionality of, the messaging for everything else, you know, all the other vendors are talking about, you know, platforms and fabrics and how all the different types of technologies, the security controls can work together, you know, to take automatic, you know, response, you know, following, you know, following some type of SOAR um, sort of process there. So, I mean, I guess I'm not really, you know, surprised. I think you had that XDR message, you had the fabric and the platform message, but it was loud and clear uh, that uh, open APIs and, you know, all the different uh, security controls kind of working together and kind of taking action on your behalf um, seem to be, you know, pretty big. I guess the only other thing that, uh, um, you know, I probably mentioned, and I wish we would have kind of done this, I wanted to go by every single booth and see which one didn't mention or actually have listed the letters AI and ML. I'm not <laughs> sure if you did that or not. No, uh, that 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 would have been fun, uh, at least uh, you know from a uh, uh, cybersecurity uh, bingo uh, perspective. I know one of the things, and I and I recommend this to a lot of people. One of the things that we normally do is we pretty much go to 
almost every every vendor every booth and we're like um you know we were like hey basically we want to show us like what you got right um it's all like public out there everything's like kind of marketing out there uh so uh you know there's not really a um issue with like competitive competition or market secrets or anything like that even if we're working in a competitive field and honestly we're we're nerds we're geeks we just want to see what the coolest technology is and geek out about it no matter where it's coming from so i think that's that's always a lot of fun you're right this is the first time i think uh both of us didn't uh, didn't do that but uh uh you know you know in like 10 years we've known each other so we got to make sure that never happens again tony uh uh, so I was a little disappointed about that, and uh, you know we missed up, missed out on some cool swag when we did that too. So uh, so we'll definitely definitely make sure we never do that again. And uh, you, you got <laughs> is, is that like a kind of a pinky sw- swear with me? At least a best effort pinky swear. Yeah, yeah, kind of best effort for sure. <laughs> best okay, effort cool. For sure. cool. Uh, a little upset too. You know the wife was a little upset. You know my daughter that I just can you know I didn't bring any of that you know swag <laughs> back. So they're like, hey, what's going on? The well is dry. Yeah, we'll make sure we'll make sure we we don't uh, do that again. But uh, like I said, I would recommend everyone do that or when, you know one of those advantage of that because it's uh, it's first of all a quick easy way to get a vendor's messaging. It's a quick you know they're obviously going to give you their best messaging, their best foot forward. But it's also a quick easy way to kind of get uh, I would say uh, you, you know. Uh, really familiar with like what the messaging is out there in general when you do that you know in a large area but i will tell you uh you know i saw a couple of uh really awesome talks and i'll start off with uh i'll start off with uh you know you, you didn't uh i don't think you saw it but i start, uh, start uh, you know i'll start off with a talk from um uh it was uh jacob uh i believe baines or Bynes. uh uh i think he was a uh, he's a lead researcher from rapid seven and his talk was do not trust the asas trojans and this was a pretty pretty interesting talk uh he repeated it at a uh, defcon as well and essentially he talked about uh you know uh you know how to attack the asa firewall using uh the management system um you know particularly the asdm uh asa security manager uh system um you know taking advantages of you know some java vulnerabilities on top of that uh he uh went ahead and was able to demonstrate you know when you're a admin system when you're the pc uh you know connecting to the asa to manage that uh there could be a possible attack you know admin station back to the back to the pc based on the same software based on the asa software um i think uh at the time that he wrote it uh there was either no patches out from cisco or uh or uh you know or they had just come out with a patch um either way i thought it was you know i I thought it was a really really interesting talk I, i will tell you one of the first things that i thought about is like you know, do people still use ASAs anymore? You know, they've really gone over to the Firepower Alliance, uh, Firepower Appliance. Um, I feel like the ASA may be a, a little like uh, long in the tooth right now, especially from a hardware platform. I feel like, you know, that's not the direction even the company is going in. You know, they're kind of pushing people more towards like their, uh, you know, next generation have been you know for a few years now but uh you know they're they're you know the asa has been around and you know it was just a, it was just a the asa was really an evolution of the pix uh, line if you remember that tony and the vpn concentrator and so like if you kind of think about it that that whole generation's kind of been around for a long long time i'm guessing like 20 plus years right um so so there's even though it's long on the tooth and probably not not really really sold anymore as a firewall i'm sure there's a lot of them out there so i think i thought it was really really interesting i mean it's like it's like windows 7 or windows xp even though it's not really 
valid anymore and you know you're going to have security concerns, there still could be potentially just a lot of people running them. And uh, that means potentially a lot of victims. Yeah, but just, um, I mean, just as, uh, you know, in general, probably what, over the last 10 years or so, I mean, you did see, um, you know, a lot of vulnerabilities that are that were, you know, um, successfully being exploited on, you know, different firewalls from a variety of different vendors. And I, you know, before that, I just don't remember seeing that. I don't even remember that really being sort of a thing. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, it just, you know, it just seems like a lot of the vendor, you know, firewall products, what have you, um, you know, do tend to have vulnerabilities these days that can, uh, you know, successfully be exploited. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you, you know, uh, as, um, you know, as a vendor, like it's it's tough for a vendor, right? Uh, you know, they they obviously have a lot of products. They have a lot of, you know, they they open themselves up to to uh, you know a big attack community. Uh, and uh, you know, as a as a user, you gotta have to be aware of what what your vendor is doing. I mean, I think most vendors are, you know, obviously, you know, uh, being pretty transparent with their users and like kind of looking at, you know, letting them know, you know, when things. Uh, you know occur but at the same time you know it's it's difficult for vendors to like uh you know stay on top of that it's difficult for customers to stay on top of that and on the same time um you know you got research out there and it's easy to see like hey should you know they have done the better job should they not i i you know coming from both ends like i mean honestly i i've, I've seen it on both ends so i know how difficult it can be but uh, uh but at the same time uh, it did definitely make some noise out there and it was uh you, you know uh, we're, you know we're, we're not we're not advocating one vendor against another vendor but i'm just saying it's me it's it definitely made some noise and and uh i think attacks against vendors are going to be just uh, more you know we're going to see it more and more often uh because why not attack the this thing that you trust right if you're an attacker that why you know that's that's going to be uh, that's going to be like the place to go to yeah you know just one more note on that i mean over the years um you know i work a lot with you know marketing and sales folks and what have you and man you know anytime that there's a vendor's product that goes under some type of you know sort of fire and they you know maybe they get you know sick or you know successfully breached just kind of bad news in general it's um you know it's the it's the knee-jerk reaction for, I think, you know, sales and marketing folks. Oh, well, yeah, we're going to leverage that. I'm like, you know, I've been down this road way too many times, man. You know, what comes around goes around. So I think uh, we're all in the same boat, like you said. And it's it's difficult, I think, you know, for the vendors, no matter how mature you are, you know, with your, uh, you know, security lifecycle, you know, from a software design uh, perspective. It's just, uh, it's just not easy. <laughs> so I always tell them, hey. You know, kind of keep that on the down low, man. You know, it's great that they're, you know, kind of they're mentioning it. They're actually putting fixes on it. You know, let's uh, let's just kind of move on, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I would recommend everyone just uh, check out J uh, Jacob's uh, talk. Uh, once again, I'm sure it's going to be on YouTube pretty soon. Uh, do not trust the ASAs. Trojans. Um, I just really enjoyed uh, the methodology he used, uh, kind of the intelligence and how he thought about, uh, you know, uh, like researching this. Uh, the talk was really good from that standpoint. Uh, it was really easy to follow. Hey, this is like what I found. This is how I found it. Uh, and this is why it's a it's a really big problem. And you should look at it, especially if you have ASAs in your in your environment. So that was really good. I do want to mention another talk. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, actually, actually, uh, I've known uh, uh, when uh, I I have always a hard time saying his last name. When uh, Schwartz uh, Schwartho 
Schwartel, I believe I'm, uh, I'm no, I'm not saying it right. Uh, I, but, uh, but I met when like years and years ago, uh, when I, when I first, uh, I think one of the first talks that I ever did and he kind of like, uh, encouraged me and said, Hey, you should do this talk. Um, I actually, uh, did something, uh, I believe at a conference in Iceland where, when I met him, when I originally mm-hmm. met him and then I, I met him in another conference in Atlanta, but just a, just a really cool guy. And he did a, this talk, uh, it was when uh you know uh you know he's um he's older than me uh and uh you know he's had a very very interesting life in cyber and outside cyber so he said uh his talk was called my first hack was in 1958 then a career taught me about security and basically his entire talk tony he goes through um essentially meeting very very famous uh um you know uh people in rock and roll and uh and kind of the evolution of him like going to record like recording studios and meeting some of the biggest names in rock and roll and uh and uh you know a little bit of insight on how those people reacted and acted in in the studio and uh and just a spoiler it seems like most of these really really well-known famous rock and roll artists wanted to be naked in the studio while they were recording their songs uh so that was that was interesting but uh but of course, then he's transitioned into his career in cyber, and and it, it was uh, you, you know you know one of the things that I always thought was he was like hey you know what I wasn't trying to like be a hacker I wasn't trying to be a cybersecurity is like we saw a problem and we wanted to solve it like we saw like a problem on like a, you know I, I when I when I was like just a little kid I you know my my mom like hated that I used a phone because like it was still ten cents a minute for a local call so how do we solve this problem you know you know oh like i can like do this little trick in a payphone and you know with a cardboard and a penny and i can get the penny back and that's all it takes and i can call greece you know for for uh, for a penny you know it was like really cool things like that it kind of kind of reminded me of the movie like uh uh you know war games like that's kind of what i was picturing in my head <laughs> like like oh, wow. It was, uh, you know, just just a just a just a really really cool guy, uh, really really easy talk, fun talk. But but I think from you you know when um as far as uh, you know as long as I've known him, he's always you know done a really good job in preaching security awareness. And you know that's kind of, you know I I don't know that's what he's known for, but that's uh you, you know I know he's done consulting on like you know helping companies with security awareness. And I think these these type of stories and approach kind of really kind of helps see like you know this is uh this is how easy you know vulnerabilities can be found and he wasn't even really talking about vulnerabilities but it's just like you know you know people want to use things in ways that you you know you may not have thought about and you know he kind of sparked he kind of of uh i think the curiosity and the excitement of you know you know people in the in the crowd that might have been younger than him so it was a really really neat cock man i don't know if you know when or if you know anything about him but um but i just thought i actually thought about you a little bit on how you're always trying to like relate life lessons back to uh back to cybersecurity. oh yeah man that's cool i wish it would have been was that for that blackhead or defcon no, that was uh, that was DefCon. That was uh, like I said, it was uh, it was probably one of my favorite talks at DefCon. Uh, so that was uh, that was DefCon. What what was the? Um, I know you talked a lot about it, but what was your kind of key kind of takeaway? How did you feel when you walked away from it? Uh, I was like, man, that was that was that was fun. Uh, that was just a fun talk. Uh, I liked that. I was like, man, I just uh, you know, I felt relaxed. I felt like uh, you know, everyone was it was a it was a full room DefCon. Like the you know, the rooms are so much bigger. The audience is so much bigger than Black Hat, but everyone was having a good time. It was just this like sense of like, hey, we're all a community. We're together. 
Oh, man, I, I think uh, I didn't even think about that until you just asked me, but I think just Wynn did just an awesome job just bringing that together and just uh, making sure everyone had fun. Oh, that's cool, man. Damn. I missed that one. Yeah, you know, you know what, one of the things uh, I got to tell you, I was a little uh, surprised about it is so DEFCON in the past has always kind of been at Caesar's Palace. Um, I got to Caesar's Palace. And it's empty, and there's a lot of other, I mean, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's uh, like probably at least uh, seven or eight other people with DEF CON badges, and they're like, uh, uh, where is everyone, and uh, you, you know, you know what's, what's, uh, what's going on? Um, and, uh, and finally, the guy's like, oh, it's at Caesar's Forum, and I was like, you know, like, like, what do you mean for forum, like the forum shops, or what's going on? And he's like, no, Caesar's Forum, that's like a whole different building. And that's not by Caesar's Palace. You actually have to walk outside the Caesar's Palace. Then you have to walk across the street. And then you have to walk to the link. And then you have to go in a little alley, the, the major link alley where the, you know, high roller, that big uh, first wheel is, and go behind that. And, and then there's another building. Then you have to go across the street. And then there's another building called Caesar's Forum. It's like a, a completely separate building that's like not even on – technically not even on Las Vegas Boulevard, it's on Koval Street. So uh, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's far away, but it's definitely not close to Caesar's Palace by any means. Uh, and I, w I was like, holy, oh, holy crap, man, that's like a little further away. And I was like, I kind of got, got fooled a little bit by not, not reading it correctly. And uh, because I, I tried to stay at Caesar's Palace, but yeah. <laughs> you're not going to stay at the link for, uh, or for, uh, you know, Flamingo for a lot cheaper and be a lot closer. But uh yeah, I saw. I saw that was interesting. I, I wonder. I, I don't. I don't know. I wonder because there was no. It didn't seem like there was a conference or anything out there. I see this palace was completely empty. The conference area. So, uh, so I thought it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, yeah, I remember we were going back and forth. Like, hey man, you know, should I stay at Caesars? You know, should I stay somewhere else? Ah, you know, probably stay at Caesars. It's just so much more, you know, convenient to be right there. And then when I got the text from you, it's not here. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, definitely definitely pretty funny. Um, I will tell you one other uh, one other talk. I gotta tell you, this was one of my all-time favorite talks at uh, at any DefCon. Uh, so that's a big big statement. Uh, may, maybe I wouldn't say best, but it would definitely it definitely ranked up there at least in recent memory. Was uh, there was a student and he basically talked about how he Rick rolled the entire school district. Uh, from his high school to play Rick Ashley on all the IPTVs, all the video monitors, as well as the speaker systems. And uh, this was uh, this was pretty amazing. This uh, this kid goes through how he does a reconnaissance his freshman year. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, uh, and thank you for only playing a couple of seconds on that, so we don't get flagged. <laughs> Never gonna give you up, man. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But uh, man, this this was amazing. Like basically, he talked about his freshman year, how he basically scanned the network and kind of figured out, like, uh, you know, what work. Um, then you know, um, you know, then uh, uh, he said nothing much really happened in his sophomore year, junior year. You know, COVID hit. Senior year, they went back to school, and he's like, I'm gonna do a senior prank. And basically, you know, they go through, you know, looking at the systems. They try and like crack some of the passwords. Turns out, like, some of the passwords were 
either the default passwords or or like uh, you know the password was uh, changed on some of the systems to not the default password but the example password that was used in the documentation so like on uh, i think it was iptv they're like oh we don't know the password we don't know the password they're like oh wait the password is what the screenshot in the documentation is they they didn't they changed it from the default but they used that what the screenshot in the documentation was of the product so that was kind of funny and uh, you know he kind of walked through the entire um, entire process, but at the end of the end of the day, what that meant is on on a certain day, basically all the TVs, all the uh, all the speaker systems started playing uh, Rick Ashley, never going to give you up. He did some pretty cool things because uh, he he knew that uh, people were going to try and turn off the TV, so he disabled through uh, software the infrared port, so they couldn't disable the you know turn off the TV. Um, if they physically pressed the power button, he was sending on a power on signal like every couple of seconds, so the TV would just turn back on until the song was done. And you know they uh, they uh, did their prank, and at the end of the song, he basically thanked the senior class. Uh, he didn't make it malicious. I mean, he could he could have. He could have played anything he wanted to, like on yeah. those screens, and uh, and that could have been pretty pretty bad. Uh, I mean, absolutely anything he wanted to, uh, something, you know, something not school appropriate. Luckily, he picked something that was really PG, and I think because of that, and then at the end, he actually, uh, him and his friends anonymously uh, sent a security report which and it sounded like it was a pretty detailed security report to the leaders of the school district i think because of that he didn't get into trouble they actually you know you know said hey we're not gonna press charges we're not gonna like you know do uh disciplinary action but uh they wanted a debrief and so they all got on a zoom meeting anonymously they still hid their faces i'm guessing they hid their voices as well and uh and gave them a debrief as well um wow. so i don't know what the current status is if the school knows who they are because they you know you know he at least went on to uh you know Defcon, or maybe they'll find out. But, um, but uh, like I said, it still was good. I think he did it. You know, I, I think you know, you know, it, it wasn't an authorized, uh, you, you know, pen test. But I think for what he did, it was it was fun. It was no harm. I think he actually did a good, great job in like raising the awareness of what what could happen. So I I overall will give him you know a standing a standing ovation, which I did. Almost the entire room did. Everyone went off the wall. He had video from the school district of you know when it happened. You know when the when the video was like playing and stuff like that, and people were just like you know clapping, and it was like a really really cool talk. Yeah, um, I would imagine. I guess if they don't know, uh, you know, if they didn't know before. I mean, I'm sure they're gonna. <laughs> I'm sure they're gonna know now. So it wasn't just him. It was him and a group of his friends. I guess you said. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he was. Uh, he it definitely sounded like he was. He was the leader. He was a ringleader. He was like the you know the technical guy behind that. Uh, but uh, yeah, then his friends got into it, and it was uh, uh, dude. It, it kind of reminded me of like Stranger Things or something like that. A group of people, all kids, were kind of all working on the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds pretty neat. Um, yeah, that's kind of cool. Did he say what he's uh, kind of what he's doing now? Um, is he in you know college somewhere? Is he going? The, you know, is he working? Uh, he did not know. Uh, in fact, I don't even um, know. Maybe, maybe he did, but I don't think he really used his name and stuff. Um, uh, I, I was kind of curious about this afterwards because at DEF CON, they always make you like take a shot if it's your first right. time speaking. And I don't remember him taking a shot. So I was, uh, I was like, hey, I was like, hey, did they use like apple juice or something? Because he definitely wasn't 21. But uh, but I don't remember him taking a shot or something. But it was a uh, it was a uh, super it was super cool. Uh, if you if you Google actually, uh, you know. Uh, you know, you know, uh, Rick rolling entire school district or something. There's multiple articles out there. Uh, he's, it looks like he's done multiple interviews, but I, like I said, I didn't see his name. I could have just missed that as well. Uh, but, uh, 
uh, you know, it was, it was, like I said, it was a really cool, uh, uh, and I know I keep on saying that, but it was, it was just awesome to see, man. It was just uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, just kind of, you know, doing a Google search now, right? It's just, uh, you know, a whole bunch of radio stations kind of got it listed. It's a whole bunch of YouTube videos. Um, I'm going to have to check it out. Awesome. Well, like I said, I'm glad I went to Black Hat. I'm glad I went to DEF CON. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm always really tired. I always say, man, I'm, I'm probably not going to do both of them next year. Uh, you know, maybe maybe one, if I if I pick one, it's probably always be DEF CON. Uh, I said, I, I, before, I said maybe I won't do Black Hat because I always get pulled into kind of the corporate side and maybe just do B-sides. But, yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's always hard, it's, especially, you know, when you have an opportunity to go out there. Uh, you know, we spoke a little, you know, we spoke at, at, a, at, a, at a sponsor session. So, you know, when you have these opportunities, it's always hard to say no. So who knows what's going to happen next year. But uh, but I am sure, I am sure one way or another, we will at least both of us be out in Vegas for, uh, you know, some part of the show for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely be back out there again. I, I think um, I think you have a better chance of not going to Black Hat and going to DEF CON. I, I probably, you know, somehow, some way will get sucked into black hat and i'll have good intentions for defcon and uh maybe just get a little bit in there i i just can't seem to stay uh you know, the entire time it just seems to be something happens so it'll be interesting to see what happens next year yep yep uh awesome awesome well i can't wait until next year and i can't wait to see you again hopefully pretty soon hopefully it won't be um a long time i think now travel starting we we get to see each other in person a little more often that'd be pretty cool too yeah, I mean, let's see. I know we got something, uh, you know, in Mexico in a little while, but uh, hopefully we can do it a little, you know, sometime before then. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Well, uh, let's get out of here. I'm gonna get out of here. I got a few things to do, and you, you enjoy your evening. All right, bro, man. You too, man. Have a good one, guy. All right. Yeah.